just sell these things online, then I don't have to be anywhere. And that's kind of just the, the transition was that that thought process. And it wasn't, oh, let me do this so I can go live in Thailand for a few years because I didn't even really know that was an option back then. It was more of let me just do this so maybe I can play golf more. Or maybe I don't have to sit in traffic and maybe I can you know go to the beach and bring my laptop to a cafe. So it was just kind of trying to see if I could make it happen. And, you know, it's, it turned out that it wasn't as hard as I might have thought it was before I started. <laughs> We stand today. The business method the business with method. a shout out. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds the logic and the science of what it takes to build a business like this we've had some incredible guests like bobby edwards the founder of squatty potty who built a 35 million dollar per year company with just 17 employees and jp sears the youtube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet i'm your host chris reynolds and we hope you enjoy the show the business method Currently, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce at least a million dollars per year. We created this series specifically for entrepreneurs like the one joining us today. His name is Anton Crayley, and he is a super successful e-com entrepreneur that has lived and continues to live the location-independent lifestyle all over the world while building multiple seven-figure businesses and creating the entrepreneurial movement called Dropship Lifestyle. I really enjoyed this episode, and as you listen, you can tell Anton is a mover and a shaker. During the podcast, it seems like he doesn't even stop for a breath while sharing his story and the tips and tricks he uses to create successful businesses. Throughout the show, Anton shares about the five, six, and seven-figure dropshipping mentalities, why he focuses on high-ticket products, the future of e-com and dropshipping, and some tips on picking winning e-com products to sell. It's an incredible episode, you guys, and without further ado, let's hop into the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. And you guys, I'm incredibly excited and honored to have Anton Crayley on the show. Anton, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Dude, I'm really excited to have you on the show um, because I've been a location-independent entrepreneur for seven years now. And as I've traveled the world, um, people always talk about this dropship lifestyle, this dropship lifestyle conference. And um, I've heard your name around the globe a few times. And people either say, you know, you've got to check out this event or you got to meet Anton or you got to have Anton on the podcast. And I've actually heard that quite a few times. And then I reached out to um, a mutual friend, Nate Ginsburg, and he just kind of did a random intro. And I had no idea that it was the dropshift lifestyle, Anton, that we were having on the show <laughs> until a little oh, yeah. earlier today. And I was like, oh, great. You know, I finally get to meet him. So welcome to the show, man. How are you? 
Yeah, thank you. And yeah, that, that's great. I'm doing good, but that's that's fun to hear. Nate, actually, I first met him out, you know, in the, the whole location-dependent lifestyle type thing out yeah. in Chiang Mai back in, I think it was like 2013. Uh, and he, he was actually at our first Dropship Lifestyle retreat out there. So really cool how uh, we're all connected. Yeah, it's very true. And then I saw on Facebook, we had like 105 mutual friends. And I was like, who is this Oh, wow. Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, finally, we our paths connect. So, so dude, I, I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, we're going to talk about all sorts of random stuff today, but have more of a com- casual conversation and kind of dive into your past and then and talking about dropship lifestyle and, and the businesses that you've created. This actually, I don't know if you're familiar, but we're doing a series of 100 seven-figure location independent entrepreneurs on the podcast, and we've done about 75 or so so far. And, but I made this series specifically for people like you, because sometimes we get a lot of people that are like, you know, I live in Southern California, I have an internet marketing company and I go to Thailand for four weeks out of the three weeks, four weeks out of the year. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but then we have the full fledged digital nomad location, independent entrepreneurs that did it, you know, they started in Thailand or somewhere and they just said, I'm going to build this thing online. And then they created a seven-figure business. So this series is for people like you. So I'm ex- very excited to have you on. I just want to know, let's let's start from where it all kind of started from you. I know you're from New York and you were running a business there and kind of frustrated with it. Uh, what happened after that yeah. point? Yeah. So first of all, I love the concept. I think that's a great idea to have 100 different stories, if you will, about different experiences and how people got to where they are. But with me, the, the whole location independent thing was something that I guess I, I did have from the beginning when I started my first e-commerce store. But it was funny because back then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to you know start this e-commerce thing to see if it could outperform my offline business at the time. So I tried to bring this very, very, very small offline business that I had, which was a, a delivery route for a bakery in Brooklyn. I thought maybe I could sell these, these products online. So that was my, my first e-commerce store. And the goal with that was just so I could have have more of that time freed up. So for me, my offline business was sitting in a truck and driving around on the BQE and going to grocery stores and selling them huge boxes of bakery products. And I thought, well, what if I could just sell these things online, then I don't have to be anywhere. And that's kind of just the the transition was that that thought process. And it wasn't, oh, let me do this so I can go live in Thailand for a few years because I didn't even really know that was an option back then. It was more of let me just do this so maybe I can play golf more. Maybe I don't have to sit in traffic and maybe I can you know go to the beach and bring my laptop to a cafe. So it was just kind of trying to see if I could make it happen. And, you know, it turned out that it wasn't as hard as I might have thought it was before I started. (laughs) How old were you back then? Uh, I was 21. So this was in, in 2006. I graduated from college, SUNY Albany, upstate New York. And then I bought that delivery business uh, pretty much the same year. So I was probably 22 when I started the e-commerce business. It was in 2007. You know, you know what's really cool is the the how naive our generation is with things like this. We pick up a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. Most people mm-hmm. think it's a stupid title and it's BS anyway. And we pick it up yep. and we read it and then we're like, ah, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a, a business online, make a bunch of money and live wherever the hell I want to. And then we go and do it. And now we have like, you know, seven, eight, nine years later, we have a whole, whole movement and mini generation, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, of these entrepreneurs that are building serious businesses. And it all started from that naiveness Way back mm-hmm. in our early twenties, we were like, and we picked up that book, and we we're like, we're gonna go do it. So, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. And um, so, 
So where did you, after, did you build your business first, your online business first in New York before you went abroad or was that? Yeah. So yeah. And basically that's what I did. So it was around 2007 that that first business, it was called newyorkcookieshop.com. You know, it it took off comparatively compared to the offline delivery route I had. And then within a few months of that, I was thinking, okay, if I could sell these $20 boxes of cookies, what else can I sell? So then I started kind of going up the ladder in terms of selling more expensive products. So things like, you know, different lighting for people's houses, like furniture, different, you know, sinks and plumbing equipment and just all different high ticket products. And even from there, I still was, I was making more money than I ever would have with my delivery route. And I was able to work from my laptop, but I still didn't think, let me go to Asia or anything. So basically what I did then is took my location independent self for a few years down to, to North Carolina. And that was my first big move. <laughs> so I can get away from the winters a bit, play more golf. Uh, I love, love golfing. So, you know, it's probably golfing four or five times a week, running my businesses for a few years. And then I kind of got bored. And that's when maybe in 2012 or 2013, I decided to take a three week trip originally out to to Southeast Asia to see what it was all about. And funny enough, I, I found out that people were out there and living, you know, the kind of digital nomad lifestyle through the four hour work week forum, which is no longer a thing, but there used to be a forum on the four hour work week website. And uh, that's where I first saw people talking about it. So that's what gave me the idea to, to go out there. Very cool. How long did you stay abroad after you said just three weeks? Did you come back? Afterwards? Yeah, that, that was that was the plan. And then I stayed the first time for nine months, I think. And then uh, when all was said and done, I lived in Southeast Asia for about four years, uh, about a year in Chiang Mai and Thailand, and then about three years in Ho Chi Minh City in Saigon. Now, I'd love to hear your perspective on, on Chiang Mai. What what made you stay? Because I go back every year for a couple months. Uh-huh. And I know there's a lot of people that um, at all levels that are down there. And I'm curious from your perspective, what did you like about it? And what 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 made you stay? So I, I'm used to, I guess, doing things my, myself, uh, because I, you know, I work from home. Well, we have 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 had offices like I had an office in Saigon. We do have an Aust- uh, an office in Austin, Texas now, but we we kind of go in one day a week, use it like more as a co working space. But uh, w- when I when I first went to Chiang Mai, the thing that really you know drew me to it was not just the cheap cost of living, which is obviously amazing, or the fact that it's gorgeous because you know it is, and there's there's so much to do. But the thing that made me stick around were the people, because after at that point. I guess being in in business, being an entrepreneur for four or five years already, I never had found a group of people that not only were entrepreneurial, but had that same exact type of entrepreneurial mindset, which is very different than, um, for example, the people I'm around now, I'm living in Manhattan for, for the summer and the people that I meet here, like they're great and, you know, have a lot of good entrepreneurial friends, but the mindset of the people in Southeast Asia is more like just always like hustling, you know, no one's venture backed. So they kind of have to be profitable, always coming up with new ideas, all the conversations, whether it be getting a coffee, getting lunch out at the bar at night, everything was revolving and focused around building profitable businesses. And it just felt really good to have those, those type of connections. So that's what made me, that's what made me stick. Yeah. And then, and then you went to, you kind of meandered around Southeast Asia after that. Did you go, where'd you go, Bali or where were you? I did. Well, yeah, I did, you know, all the, the normal trips for maybe spent a couple months uh, around like Bali. And then um, obviously it was in Cambodia for a while, but the main place I called home in Southeast Asia was Ho Chi Minh City. And uh, I, th- that again, same thing. I, kind of went there just because it was the burning season in Chiang Mai. So everybody leaves. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, let me let me give this a shot. Everyone's heading over there. 
And I really, to be honest, the, the first time I, I went there, I did not like it. I wasn't a fan. Uh, it's big, it's loud, it's dirty. But same thing, as I met the community there, which is a little bit more spread out than, than Chiang Mai, it's a little bit harder to meet people, I would say. You kind of have to I don't try harder. But once I kind of got plugged into the community there, it was just the same thing. Like every conversation was focused around just the entrepreneurial mindset and, and growth. And, uh, just really started to, to vibe with me and, and the food's great. I love, I love Vietnamese food. So that was another reason to stay. Now you said you were in Manhattan for the summer, but are you based out of Austin now? I am. We, uh, we moved back from, from Saigon about two and a half years ago, probably, and got a place in, uh, in Austin, Texas. And I, I'm there probably nine months out of the year. But uh, for example, yeah, I have a three month uh, sublet in Manhattan in the summer, because I am from New York and got a lot of friends here and family. So I, you know, still still bounce around a lot, but I am based in Austin. That's what I, my driver's license says. <laughs> yeah. I, I found a lot of people that have done a digital nomad thing for a few years, uh, they end up, there's quite a few people, I'm sure we both know quite a few that are setting up base in Austin. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. is it is it the age? Is it the level of business? Is it, you know, tired of traveling? Why do you think people are going to Austin? Uh, well, the reason that I chose Austin was really, I mean, if we were going to be based somewhere to have the the tax benefits of having, um, you know, a big, big savings of being in Texas or a state like, you know, if we're going to be in Florida or Nevada, but Texas is great for, uh, for having your business structured there. And the reason that we came back, I guess, is because I did have a smaller office in Ho Chi Minh City. And it was funny, w one of the coffee shops that everybody used to work out of went out of business. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I could just rent this place and have it be our office. So took over in a, a shutdown coffee shop and I started to hire people from the States and they were coming out to you know, Asia and they were working in my office there. But the thing was, it wasn't a legal business as far as, you know, being registered in mm -hmm. Vietnam and the lease was me paying uh, old Vietnamese lady like $800 a month in cash. So <laughs> it wasn't exactly structured properly. And I thought worst case scenario, if, you know, anyone, I don't know if, if anyone wants to shut it down or anything, I can just give them some money because that's how things usually work over there. But then I thought, you know, if I'm really going to keep hiring people, this isn't, this isn't the way to do it. So we decided to take three to five years, kind of set up shop, get a, a little a bigger, a little bit more legitimate office, which we have in Austin. And uh, yeah, just travel from there, but call that the home base. Yeah. I think there's a little migration of people that have hit their thirties. They've hit a certain level of business when they want to slow down and travel and focus more on growing a business. And a lot of them kind of go back to the U S and, and set up in Austin. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really cool. So you, along the way, you started this amazing movement called Dropship Lifestyle. Well, I don't know if, if mm -hmm. is that your term? Did you coin that term? Yes. Did you? Okay, cool. And and you have these amazing events. I've seen the videos. I've never been to the events, but I've heard, you know, amazing things about them. Um, tell us about the, the Dropship Lifestyle movement and conference. And, and I think you have a podcast now. Yeah, I have a podcast um, that's more kind of e-commerce in general. But okay. uh, around that time that I went out to Asia, it, like maybe a few months before that, and this kind of sparked that trip, I had sold a network of e-commerce stores that I had. And after I sold them, I went from working maybe like four or five hours a day 
to only having to work like 30 minutes to an hour a day because I still held some stores, but I sold a, a lot of them, what took up a lot of my time. So I was basically sitting there at my place in North Carolina where I was living and I started to think like, all right, I need to connect with, with more people because I don't know what to do now after I've sold these businesses. And I just, I don't know, I want to talk to other people in similar situations. So I went on Google and I think I searched stuff like e-commerce forum or e-commerce communities. And I kept finding, you know, all of these, all of these posts and discussions on the website warrior forum, mm -hmm. which I don't recommend anyone <laughs> spends a lot of time on, but. But I, start, like I had never heard of it before. And at that time, after being in business for I don't know, five or six years, uh, yeah, I, I just was looking at these, these posts and these discussions. And I was like, wow, these people have no idea what they're talking about. And a lot of them really needed help. The people that were seeking help really needed it. And the people that were giving them advice, I could tell just were doing it because they wanted to sell a you know $7 ebook. And like it was just a lot of misinformation. So uh, I decided to start responding to some people's threads, started to give advice, started to give feedback. And basically from there, people wanted more. So that led to me building the website, dropshiplifestyle.com, uh, originally having a blog, having a small series of videos. But since then, you know, now it's turned into uh, custom software we have. We have our own Shopify app. We have our own Shopify theme. We have courses on everything from doing business abroad to incorporating to setting up your you know, first e-commerce store to getting suppliers to using AdWords to using Facebook ads uh, and our live events that we've been doing for yeah the past five years now. So we've done them in Chiang Mai, in Krabi. We did one in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. We did one in Kona. Hawaii. Uh, this year is in Bali. So it's just, it's crazy. Like it started off as me being bored, making a few posts <laughs> on the warrior forum to now we impact, you know, via our email list, like 200,000 people every month and have over 10,000 students from over 25 countries. It's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy experience. And again, just all started from me realizing that people that needed information in 2012 really couldn't get anything good. How many events a year do you do now, Anton? Just one, just one. Yeah. Okay. The events, we love them and they're a great time. You know, they're, they're a lot of fun, but they're not profitable for us. Um, and the reason is we do want to make it kind of accessible and we know a lot of people are flying all around the world from all around the world. They're booking hotels. So we don't sell tickets for crazy expensive prices. Um, they're about 500 bucks, you know, starting at. So, yeah, if we did more, we would we would lose a lot of money. <laughs> um, and when's the event this year? Uh, this it's October twenty fifth through twenty eighth. It's in Bali. Um, right. And Benoa, I'm not sure how to say. It. I think Benoa Beach. Okay, cool. So when you started the ecom business, your first year you hit six hundred and eighty k. And then next year you did more and then next year you did more and then sold. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are in e-com that, you know, are struggling and I'm sure it's a different world now than it was back in the day. But, but what do you think made you hit success so rapidly compared to um, what others were doing at the time? Yeah. So with, with numbers, and this is one thing that like I, I just preach because I've realized it so many times and I, I've tried so many different ways in e-commerce, um, to be, to, to have, you know, high, to do high volume and to do high numbers. And with that first website, I had the, the New York cookie shop one. If I started that one where my average order value was, you know, $25 and I still had that today, what is it? 11 years later, I, I wouldn't be hitting those type of numbers. Cause it's just, you need to sell so much volume and it's such a different business than what it is. I actually shifted to. So I, I mentioned it earlier, but as soon as I realized that 
you know, back then I was using Yahoo stores. But as soon as I realized that this Yahoo store that I built that, that I sent traffic to from AdWords was making money, I just thought, well, if I'm selling these items for you know, $20, $30, why can't I sell an item for 500? Why can't I sell an item for 1,000? So that's what I started doing. And then my average order value became 1,000, then it became 1,500. And when you're selling items for 1,500 bucks, it's not hard to get to a million in sales, two million in sales, three million in sales. Uh, it adds up pretty quickly. Because the main lesson I learned is it really is just as easy as far as what you have to do in terms of work to sell a $1,000 item as it is to sell a $20 item. So you might as well put your time and effort into those more expensive products. If you were wiped out and had to start all over fresh ground zero, what would you do? I would go for, you know, some, something super, super expensive. So um, I would just go online and I would start looking into different product types. I would look for something that was a few thousand dollars and then I would sign up for a Shopify 21 day free trial. I'd build the site out. I'd contact suppliers. I would get my hundred dollar free credit that Google gives everyone to start advertising with. I'd run product listing ads and I would I would capture everyone's email address that landed on my site and tried to leave without buying. I would have live chat in front of everybody. I would make sure I respond to people before anyone else does. And, you know, you get one sale for you know, 3000 bucks. You're going to make between 700 to a thousand dollars net profit. So that's, that was, that's definitely what I would do. I, I'd focus on high ticket products and I would be as proactive and reactive to customer inquiries as possible because that's almost always what gets you the sale over competition. How, how engaged you are with your customers. Customers. Very true. I just dropped ticket base because of that exact issue. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, if it seems like Shopify is kind of dominating the market these days, do you oh, yeah. do you see any competitors that could like finagle their way in or anything that is I, even I, yeah, closely I, on the map? I really don't. And I think the reason why is because I've, I've used everything. Like I mentioned, I started with Yahoo stores and that was because Tim mm -hmm. Ferriss recommended it in the four hour work week. That's how I found out about e-commerce. But I've used Yahoo stores, WooCommerce, Magento, Volusion, BigCommerce. Like I've tried everybody and they all work and they could all get the job done. But when Shopify came out, it just, it wasn't just another one of those. And I could tell, like we started using them, I think in maybe 2012 or 2013 but like they it was such a better user experience and it still is and the level of first of all support that they offer like they have 24 7 support on the phone and live chat if you break something on your site they'll go in and they'll fix it it basically never goes down their app store has more apps than anybody else most of them are free they're just investing so much cash into basically like I don't just building out their platform, making it better and better and better. So it would be really difficult at this point for even any of the companies that have been around much longer than them to try to take back market share. I, I just I, I don't see it. And, you know, big commerce, I know they just raised a bunch of money again. And now they're saying that they just want like the biggest high volume e-commerce sellers. But even at that level, I still think Shopify Plus is is for them. So, yeah, I think they're they're around for a while. I don't see them going anywhere. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll wrap up the first half of Anton's interview there for today. The second part of the show will be published tomorrow, so make sure to subscribe and listen so you won't miss out on anything. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one -on -one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. 
Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.